Come on, guys. This is awesome. And who's, where's all the teachers? The teachers at the back waiting. Can you guys turn around and say hi to everybody? Hi. Amen. This is not the church of tomorrow. This is the church of today. We don't just plant for tomorrow. We're planting and we're enjoying it today. So we're just going to pray over these children. Can you stretch forth your hands? You might want to pray for them. You might want to pray for their teachers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for these children that are a heritage of the Lord. And I just pray that you bless them. Bless the teachers. And Lord, as they are getting a foundation and they are getting seeds planted in them, Lord, they are seeds that will bear fruit. So Lord, I just pray that you bless them all now in your name. Amen. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is God good? This morning, I want to start a series, and God has put a thought on my mind, and, and I want to start a series called Living Above the Noise. Anybody here ever dealt with noise? Anybody here ever tried to study and noise is just going happening? Have you ever tried to sit down and just think and like chaos is everywhere? Anybody who's got children knows what I'm talking about. Thank you, Alvaro. You raised your hand. Life can get noisy. Life can get crazy. Life can get out of control before you even have a chance to think. Life doesn't ask you for permission to get crazy. Life just gets crazy. Right? Nobody gets up in the morning and says, except for deranged people, but nobody gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to create chaos today because I love living in chaos. If you do, I'll pray for you. We get up in the morning and we're hoping and expecting a good day. We're planning on things to go well. We're doing things in order that life will go in the way we want it. And then all of a sudden, just like that, life changes. You get a phone call. Your job's been cut back. You get a phone call. A loved one is in the hospital. I was up at the cottage with, with Winona and our family a couple of years ago, and in one day I got two phone calls from two people that we love dearly, one of them being my brother and another one being a brother in the church here, both of them cancer, in a matter of about two and a half hours. You don't plan for those things. Life happens. We have 30 days in a month, but we only seem to have 25 days worth of money. At least I find that's the case. I got more month than money. And all of a sudden, life gets crazy. And what happens is we start 
to do things because of the necessity or we do things because of the noise. We do things because we're stuck in this situation or this dilemma and life is happening and life is getting out of control and we do things to try to solve this. But what we're doing is we're just working in the, in the noise. We're just fighting in the noise. And sometimes what we do is we end up just cutting branches and we think we're solving the problem, but all we're doing is we're just trimming the tree. <laughs> and it grows even crazier after that. But we're not dealing with the root. So today I want to start a series about living above the noise. First of all, I want to tell you, you can. There's hope. <laughs> there is hope. You can't, can live above the noise. You do not have to listen to the noise and stay there. It doesn't mean the noise doesn't happen. It means you happen. You can either let life happen to you, or you can happen to life. It's real. And I want to look at some scripture verses this morning. I want to look at some thoughts, and then I want to give you a few ideas of how you can live above the noise. So if I had, if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to see, how do you live above the noise? The first thing I want you to see is, is you've got to have a belief system. Everybody has a belief system. Everybody has a belief system. Everybody has a belief system. And they say they don't have a belief system. That's their belief system. So the matter, it's not a matter of not having a belief system. It's having to change it and to know what we believe. Paul says, I know who I have believed and I am persuaded. Have you ever met a child who's persuaded? Because you've told them something and they actually had the gall to believe you? <laughs> Don't tell them things. <laughs> Be careful what you say. But you tell your child, you do this and I will give you 25 cents or I'll give you an extra drink or I'll give you a goodie. And the child actually does it. And then what do they do? They actually have the audacity to come to you with hands open saying, now give me what I deserve. And you know what? That is their belief. They believe it. Children, I think, exemplify belief a whole lot better than we do. If you were to turn in your Bibles to 1 John 5, I just want to show you a verse from that. We're going to do a few verses. We're going to jump around this morning. If you grew up in a church like I did, I grew up doing sword drills as a kid. Anybody here know what the term sword drill means? Uh, you have to put up your Bible, and you could not put your finger in the Bible. You had to put it up, and you couldn't just go like this. You actually had to hold your hand over it, and you had to put it up. And then as soon as they gave the verse, then they say, go! And then you'd go find it. So I learned, I love sword drills. I think I still do them with my children just to show them that 
I'm not that old. 1 John 5. If you want to live above the noise, you need to believe that you can. You need to change your belief system. If you don't think you can get out of the mess, change your belief system. If you're not sure if you can overcome things, I want to tell you, you can. And in 1 John 5, it says, Whoever or whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You are designed to overcome the world. You are not designed to be under the world. You are designed, God has created you so that you would overcome the world. Look at somebody and say, I'm an overcomer. I am an overcomer. You can walk in your house and you can say, I'm an overcomer. When something happens to you, you can actually say, I am an overcomer. Amen? Do you believe that? See, what happens is when we believe these things, it changes the way we move, it changes the way we function, it changes the way we take steps. So the first thing I'd, I'd say about we need to change our belief system, we need to understand that we are born of God, we overcome the world. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. And I'll be honest with you, I try to live from that perspective all the time. And every once in a while, you get sandbagged. But this is my default. Have you ever had a default setting? You plug a, a, a clock radio in and the default setting is 12 o'clock. You plug me in and my default setting is I'm an overcomer. And that can be your default setting. Faith does not deny the existence of a problem, but faith defies the existence of a problem. It doesn't deny it, but it defies it because faith believes in something bigger than that problem. And my belief system, I believe that I'm born of God. I know I am because He sent His Son and He says, if you believe in me, you will never die, but you'll have everlasting life. And he's called me a child of God. So I'm born of God, therefore I'm overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And then it says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Your faith is what will overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your faith is what overcomes. What you believe is what overcomes the world. I got another verse for you. Talking about we need to change our belief system. We are overcomers. Amen? Another verse, if you turn to Acts 17, 28. Talking about overcoming. Paul is, is talking to, to a, a whole country. They, he's gone to a country and they've got all these idols and he walks through them all, and he sees an idol. I mean, these guys were so paranoid and so worried, they actually made an idol to an unknown God, just in case they missed one. 
They had all these things that they worshipped. And it's funny how we are. Have you, have you ever seen somebody that's superstitious? You know, they, 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 they use the term touch wood. Knock on wood. Have you ever seen somebody that, oh, every time I, I got to do this. I got to do this. And, and they get into this habit, superstition. They put their trust in something. And in the Bible it says, why are you making idols out of something that is nothing? A piece of wood that can't even speak to you. And you carve it up and you paint it up and you make it look. And then you put everything that you've got into that. And that's what we do. And, and so Paul, he walks around and he sees all these, and then he sees this one, just in case we missed it, there's an unknown God. And Paul jumps on that. And instead of getting all upset, he says, let me explain to you who the unknown God is. And in Acts 17, 28, he says, it's in Him we live and move and have our being. It's in Him. If you're trying to live above the noise by yourself, you will not succeed. It is in Him that we live, we move, and we breathe. As we were preparing for baptism a few weeks ago, I was going through a number of verses, and I was amazed, and I, I know this I've read it, I've studied it, I've put verses down. But it's funny how sometimes God brings these things just fresh into your thoughts and into your eyes. And as I was studying and preparing and looking at verses on baptism, I was astonished at how many of them said, in Christ, through Christ, by Christ. And as I was going through it, I'm go I was just getting excited because everything that we do, everything that I have, everything that I am, everything that I exist upon is based on Him. It is in Him that I live. It's in Him that I move. It's in Him that I have my being. And when you place everything on Christ, it's not based on what you do. So living above the noise, you want to live above all the stuff that happens, put your trust in Him. Put your trust in Him. If you're going to trust in somebody, why not trust the one who made it all? I mean, if you really sit down and think about it, God, David, it's like, even I can figure that one out. It's funny. We have God, and then we have me. <laughs> and somehow, we think we're smarter than God. Huh? I can take care of this. I don't need to get God involved. And he says, no, guys. It's no problem. I'm here. I was here before you. I'll be here beyond you. I'm here. And it's in me that you live, you move, and you have your being. You want to live above the noise. You want to get above all the mess. You want What you do is you go in Him. You live in Him. What you believe is just as important 
as who you believe. In fact, as I think about it more and more, they're connected. Who you believe is connected to what you believe, and what you believe is connected to who you believe. If you believe that Jesus can do it, then you will believe that he's done it, and what you believe will show it. And you know what people believe by what they live. I have a nice vehicle. I believe it will start every time I put the key in. So you know what? I get in it, and I don't worry. I stick the key in, and I turn it. But I've had vehicles that are pathetic. I've had vehicles that I pray over more than I pray over my meal. And I've gotten into those vehicles, and I got no faith. And I am not mechanical. The extent of my mechanics is I turn the key, and if it goes vroom, 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 thank you, God. If it goes vroom, 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 I'm in trouble. So my faith, when I put my faith in something, so when I believe it's who you believe and what you believe, there's a connection. I believe who I believe in. I believe in this vehicle. So you know what I'll do? I'll get in it and I'll put my key in and I'll turn it on. There's a connection. And the way that we live our life reveals what we believe. The way that I live my life reveals whether I believe Jesus is the Son of God and is the one that's in charge, or I think He can't handle it, therefore I have to come to the rescue. And when I come to the rescue, I seem to get stuck in the noise. And I seem to get kicked, beat, slapped by myself in the noise. What you believe is connected with who you believe. And who you believe is connected to what you believe. So if you want to live above the noise, and I, I know just about all of you by name. Some of you I don't know all your names. So introduce yourself to me and that will give me a head start. But I know that just about all of you don't like to live in this noise. I know you'd rather live above it. And I would challenge you today to think about what you believe and who you believe. Because if you believe that Jesus did it, you know what? Then you will live like he did it. And you say, well, that's great. The next thing about needing a, to change our belief system is not only do you know, need to know who, who you believe and what you believe, but you have to know what you believe. You have to know what you believe. And it's not just good enough to drag out your Sunday school education. You need to keep learning. You need to keep growing. You need to keep knowing. It says in Hosea, it says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, you know what? It's a killer. Lack of knowledge is a killer. 
I am in a constant pursuit to get to know the Word of God more. Pastor Nelson, if you were to sit down with Pastor Nelson, you would find out that he never stops studying. He has not stopped studying. He'll come to us and he'll go, you got to see what I just saw. you got to hear about this. Wow, I never thought of that before. He's constantly learning. Pastor Nelson is a constant learner. Why? Because he's got a belief and he knows that if he stops, he'll stop living. you got to know what you believe. Do you know what you believe? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but do you know what you believe? Do you believe that God is able? Do you believe that God is over? Do you believe that God is above? Do you believe that God is a God who is an abundant God? Do you believe He's the creator of all? Do you believe that Jesus came and defeated the enemy? When you know these things, it affects how you walk. Now, I have a tremendous relationship with my dad. My relationship with my dad is so good that I know things that I can do because my dad allows them. And I don't have to ask permission. I know I can do things because of my dad, because of what he says, what he does. And it's the same way in the Scriptures. We need to know what we believe. We need to know why we believe it. Why do you think God sent His Son to the earth? Do you think He was just filling some kind of, well, we got to fill some pages in a book. Why don't you go down there for 30 years and see what happens? Oh, He had a plan. It says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Everything that Jesus did was pointing to salvation, was pointing to redemption, was pointing to restoring man to him. Everything he did, and his work was complete. You've got to know what you believe. Another aspect of changing your belief system is changing your thought life. It says in Romans 12, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'd like to read it out of the book, the, the, the translation, or I don't think it's translation. Uh, it's called The Message, and it's a transliteration, or it's a, it's a modern-day language explanation of the Bible. It's a very interesting read, and I'll just want to read it to you. Um, Romans 12, 2. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you that's always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I kind of like the way he says that. Sometimes the biggest battle 
is in the six inch space and if you got a big head the six and a quarter inch space between your ears we need to change the way we think you want to live above the noise change your thinking in the Bible it says when you change your thinking you'll be transformed not changed, transformed, which is a complete metamorphosis. It's not a little sliding. It's a complete metamorphosis. It's changing into something completely different. Change our belief system. Another aspect of, of living above the noise, not only do we need to change the way we believe, but I think we need to understand what victory looks like. We have to, the anatomy, I, I like that word anatomy. It just makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. I love computers. I mean, they can even make a, a silly guy and a guy who doesn't know language smart. Because you just click on it and then you type in cinnamons and all cinnamons. And all of a sudden you get a bunch. Some of you got that. Apparently it's not cinnamons synonyms the anatomy of victory what does victory look like is victory complete is there anything in our Christian experience through Christ that is not complete for you and I living right now I know there's a future in Christ but everything that we have right now, the life that we live right now, I do not believe there's any deficits in what Christ has done. Christ is not the deficit. So if he's not the deficit, there's only two involved in this equation, me and Christ. And there's no problem with him. So, so guess who's the one that's got to figure it out? But if we understand what victory looks like, it changes the way you function. When you understand how the battle's been won, it changes how you work. It changes how you walk. It changes how you talk. Because now I'm not fighting from a defeatist point of view. I'm fighting from a victorious position. I'm fighting from a place that it's already won. So in fact, I am fighting a battle that's been won. I need to not necessarily even fight it, although it says fight the good fight of faith. I need to learn how to live in that place. I need to learn how to function everything I do from a position that I am on the victor side. I'm the one that is walking on the team that won the battle already. So when I look to Christ, I look to Christ as complete. So what are some of the things about victory that I'd like to share with you? It's through our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not something you've done. It's through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory comes through him. When you say anatomy, anybody, I, I never experienced this in high school um, because our labs weren't really labs. But anybody here ever do a biology lab? And you get to dissect. 
I don't even know. I think it's a frog usually. Uh, a rat. Uh, okay. We'll stick with frog. But what you do is you study what makes up the frog. And what you do is you cut it up. Here's how his muscles attach. Here's how the bone structure looks. Here's his little heart. And, you, and, and what it does, you bisect it and you look at the anatomy. So when you look at victory and we say the anatomy of victory, what we're doing is we're looking at what does victory look like? First of all, it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not because of you. You can say, the world does not revolve and rest upon me. Thank God. And I know you're all thankful for that too. It's through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's also through power in Acts 1.8. And I'm reading from the Woost translation. It says, but you shall receive power of the kind which God has and exerts after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you get victory through the work of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the kind of power you get is the kind of power that God has and that He exerts. I think there's a shortage of power in the Christian church today. There's a shortage of power in my, my life. I need to see the power of God evident 100% in my life. And I'm not satisfied yet because there's people that are not whole. There's sickness around, and that's not right. It's power through the Holy Spirit. It says in Colossians 3, Sean was reading that passage this morning, and there's one verse in there, Colossians 3, 3. It says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ. My life should be so involved in the victory of Christ and in Christ that when you look at me, you can't find me. You find Christ. Did you hear that? So the next time you're looking for David, you might not find me. Maybe you should say, I'm looking for David who has, is hidden in Christ. Oh, that David. But our life should be so hidden in Christ that when we play hide and go seek, we can't find them because they're in Christ. Do you know the enemy? The enemy, when he comes after you and at you, should not be able to find you. Come on. I'm in Christ. He comes against me. He comes against my big brother. And my big brother's strong. He's like, he beat the devil. He demolished him. So you want to mess with me, you mess with him. My life is hid in Christ. It's like you can't even tell where I start and where I end because I'm in Christ and he's all around me. This challenges me because it takes all of about three seconds for me to forget that. All it takes is for some guy in a car cutting me off that I find my life isn't so much hidden, Christ. 
but I grabbed the wheel, literally. Another thing about victory, it's not according to your works. It's not something you did. Man, can you imagine if it was something that we had to do in order to accomplish it? Who would set the standard? I'd set the standard here. Somebody else would set the standard there. Somebody else would set the there. Somebody else would set it here. I mean, we got 8 billion people. We'd probably have 8 billion different standards. And everybody's standard would be all over the place. Christ set the standard. He says it's not according to anything you did. So the victory that you want, the victory that you desire, the ability to live about the noise has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Him. We just need to learn how to walk that way. It says in, in Ephesians, and I'm reading from the message again, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, Saving is all His idea and all His work. <laughs> his idea. He didn't consult with me. It's all His idea and His work. All we do is trust Him enough to let Him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we did the whole thing. Come on. I've yet to see somebody who would not take credit for something like that. Eh, I saved the whole world. You should be happy. I had nothing to do with it. The anatomy of victory, it's all about Him. It's through Him. It's in Him. It's by Him. It's because of Him. And it has nothing to do with me. It's not according to anything I did. Otherwise, I would boast. Anybody here want to live above the noise? Anybody here want to, want to say, you know what? The noise, you know what? It happens. But I don't live there. I don't live in the noise. I live above the noise. That's a choice that we make. The third thing I want you to see is that it's already completed. It's already completed. The ability for you and I to live above the noise and above the less, the mess and to live victoriously is already done. The work has been completed, and now it is up to us to learn how to walk in that, how to apply it, and how to live in it. The work is done. In 1 John 3, 8, and I referred to this already, it says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, to destroy the works of the evil one. God came to destroy. It says that word destroy, if you look at it in the Greek, it actually has the word demolish in it. God sent His Son and He demolished the enemy. He demolished him. If you want to live above the noise, you can, stay, you can say, you know what, enemy? You've been defeated. 
You no longer have dominion over me, but you have been demolished. Amen? Pastor Nelson sometimes says, we plant seeds of the wrong kind and then ask God for a crop failure. We do everything we want to do, and then it doesn't work out. And we say, God, can you please take care of this? Make a crop failure. Well, I got news for you. Plant different seed. Live above the noise, you plant a different seed. It says in 1 John 4, 4, he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is more inside of you that's in this world. (laughs) Try to figure that one out mathematically. What is inside you is greater than what is in this world. You have more power inside of you than you could even imagine. There is a power residing inside of you that is huge. And it is greater than anything the world can throw at you. I can't figure that out. I'm a logical, mathematical person, and I know one plus one, and I understand that. In fact, I even did a little bit higher, and I learned fractions. But I can't figure out how something inside of me, packed inside of here, can be greater than anything out there. But if you want to live above the noise, change the way you believe, accept and recognize, you know what? What is inside of me, it says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power, and you got to look at those words, excellency of the power, it means like the beauty of how the power is, is of God and not of man. And then he gives four different ways that we're distressed, we're perplexed, we're hurt, but we're not broken. And it's through Christ. If you want to have a recipe for frustration, just try to add to what Christ has already done. If you want to get frustrated and almighty upset, you just try to add to what Christ has already done. There's no need to. There's no need to add to what Christ has done. Have you ever seen somebody who has set some... For instance, we look at this. This was set up perfectly, beautifully. So it's already done. Did anybody have to come and reset this table? Why? Because it's already set. And two things would happen. First of all, if I would reset the table, I would waste my time, and I would slap the person in the face who actually set it up right the first time. Because what I'm saying is, you know what? What you did wasn't good enough. You set this up, and it's not good enough, even though it's perfect. 
It's not good enough. And Christ came, and He has set the table up for you perfectly. And if you want to have a recipe in frustration, what you do is you take what He's done, and you say, you know what? I need to add something to this. I need to change this. And the moment you do that, what happens is you push God or Christ out of the way. You now take control and you can't do anything about it. You put yourself in a bad position and you slap Christ. You say, Christ, what you did wasn't good enough. And I'm here to tell you that His work is complete. Every situation you face, financial, do you actually believe that he's the king of finances? Do you believe that he actually owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Nobody's found them yet. He owns them. He owns the hills. He owns the gold in the hills. Do you believe that he's the God of peace? Do you believe he's the God of restoration? Do you believe he's the God that can break every chain? When you do, you accept what He's done. And you don't live in the noise, you live above it. Doesn't mean there's no noise. In my life, there's noise in my life. Five years ago, my life changed drastically. I was having a shower and in one heartbeat, literally, one heartbeat, my life changed. I didn't get a warning And all of a sudden, I got dragged into the noise, and my wife got dragged into the noise, and my children got dragged into the noise. They didn't have a choice about getting dragged in, but they didn't live in the noise. They lived above it. And I suffered an aneurysm, and my wife and my kids, they stood with me, and we looked ahead. We didn't look behind. You don't always get to plan what happens in life. You don't get to plan what happens in life, but you can plan how you will respond. And you can make the choice to say, you know what, noise is going to hit me, but I'm going to rise above it. And it isn't anything I did, it's everything that Christ did. And life happens to you and it can get crazy and it can get messed up, confusing and almighty, just stupid. You have a choice. You can change the way you look at it and say, I'm not living in here. I'm going to confess His Word. His Word says that He is victorious. His Word says that He has provided the victory. His Word says that through Christ I can do valiantly. His Word says, greater is He that's in me than he that's in the word world. His Word says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And what happens is I live above that noise. And I dictate how I live. Not because of me, but because of Him. So I want to give you a couple points here in conclusion. How can you live above the noise? I got one, two, three, four, five, six thoughts. Evaluate your thinking. 
What do you actually think? Do you want to change and live above the noise? Evaluate what you think. Are you accepting things that you shouldn't be accepting? Put Jesus as the center of your universe. I mean, he's done a beautiful example. He put the sun as the center of the universe. I mean, he's funny. He's funny. He says, I'm going to put the sun in the center of the universe so they never forget the sun's got to be the center. He's not stupid. He's smart. Put the sun as the center of your universe. Literally. Everything revolves around him. Everything I do revolves around Him. How do you want to live above the noise? Remember, He's the victor, not you. He's the victor, not you. That should take a load off. You are not the one that has to do the victory. He already does. You get to live in it. Yeah, you get a fight. But I already know who won. And when I get into those situations, I can stand in confidence and say, no, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Enemy, you are defeated already and I walk in victory. And yeah, life gets messy. Life gets hard. I'm not saying being the Christian is the easiest thing. That's wrong. In fact, I would suggest to you it's hard. Because I am bucking against everything that the enemy in the world wants to throw at me. I'm even fighting myself at times. You want to live above the noise? This one's huge. This one, utilize the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, you have got to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You've got to. Because he is, for lack of a better way of explaining it, he is the active agent in the world now of the Godhead. And theologically, you may argue and stuff, but the Holy Spirit was sent. Jesus says, I got to go to send you the Holy Spirit. He is the active agent of the Godhead in our life now. Man, you've got to get to know him. And he's fun. He's fun. Another aspect, there's these ones, these two are connected. You got to let God do his part. Let God do his part. I think we create more problems when we step in the way of God and say, let me take care of this God. And we take God's part, and then we ask God to do our part. <laughs> that passage that Sean was reading earlier in Colossians. 2 and 3, and it talks about putting away things. That's not God's part. That's your and my part. So if you want to live above the noise, you let God do His part, and you do your part. And don't mix them two up. That's that recipe for frustration part. I do my part. My part is to honor and obey and live according to His Word. And His Word gives me enough instructions that I don't have to try to figure out anything else. There's enough in there that's good and tough and keeps me busy. I'll let Him rule the world. I got enough, I got enough fun here. Do your part. 
If you want to live by the noise, you do your part. You let God do His part. I mean, when I try to do His part, <laughs> man, I tell you, I'm just not smart. He's like really smart. And like on the scale of, of 1 to 10, I'm like negative infinity. I mean, I'm just stupid when it comes to doing what He does. You want to live above the noise? How do you live above the noise? You write these down. Change your thinking. Evaluate your thinking. Put Jesus as the center. Use the power of the Holy Spirit. And let God do His part. Amen? I believe that God wants every one of you to live above every situation that you're facing. I believe that with all my heart. So I want to pray for you this morning. We're going to spend a few weeks looking at living above the noise. And every week, I'm believing and expecting. Every week, I'm believing and expecting that you will live above the noise. You might trip. You might fall a little bit. But I'm believing and expecting that your life is going to change. Your circumstances might not change, but you will change. And all of a sudden, you're going you're gonna to be speaking to the problems instead of the problems speaking to you. Why? Because I've changed. And now I'm living above that noise. I'm living above the chatter. I'm living above all the frequency. I'm living above all that stuff. So I want to pray for you. I encourage you to take notes. I encourage you to look at the thoughts. You apply them, and I expect that you will have a difference in your life. I expect it, because it's God's Word. It's God's Word. Amen? You ready to pray? You ready to get your soup on? Amen? Let's pray. Bless this food. Hallelujah, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the supper, the soup that we have today. Bless it to our bodies. Give us a great afternoon. And Lord, I pray that everyone here would determine in their hearts to live above the noise, not letting it dictate, but dictating to it. Thank you for your goodness. And bless it now in your precious name. Amen.